This is Her Story with Ashley Adams from B97.5 in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's an empowered podcast featuring East Tennessee's most influential women. And I'm happy to introduce folks to Elaine Strano this morning. Hi, everybody. You are with Second Harvest Food Bank. I am. And I'm (laughs) going to take you back to where little Elaine first started. So did you grow up here? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a lot of places. My Mm -hmm. parents moved around a lot. Not military. Just craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so what's home then? Well, home is Maryland, mainly uh-huh. outside of D.C. And I've been here since 1983, so I love Knoxville. Yeah. But I'll never be considered a native. Oh, you know? I understand. No, I, but what brought you here? My first husband uh-huh. was a nuclear engineer, and he was transferred here to work in Oak Ridge. So we moved here in 1983. Now, were you a second harvest then, or what no. were you doing? So it was interesting. So this story gets crazy. So I, not many people know this, Ashley, Mm -hmm. in 19, when we moved here, I worked at a law firm downtown Knoxville for a year and I was just totally bored because I wasn't using my degree. So I saw this tiny little ad in the newspaper back then Mm -hmm. and it was nonprofit needs a director and I was 25 or seven or young (laughs) enough to be stupid enough to think, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, sure. Because I majored in social work. So I applied and I got the job. It was the same job. Oh, how about that? But it was called Share Food Bank. Okay. Tiny, tiny, tiny little warehouse in South Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Loved the job. But then a year later, my husband at that time was transferred to Pennsylvania and I was pregnant. So I couldn't really stay yeah. here and he go there. So um, I stayed at home with my children for about seven years yeah. and we moved back here in a couple of years. Yeah. So seven years later, the job opened up again in 1993. And they called me and asked me to apply. So I've really been the director twice of the same organization. <laughs> uh, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. Um, when did it become Second Harvest? Then? In 1994. Okay. We went with the network. It's it's a network. We sure. now call it Feeding America. And there's 200 of us in the country. But mm-hmm. I wanted to um, market it a little better. So it became Second Harvest. Now, when it went nationwide like that, and mm-hmm. you became part of that huge network, what was that like for you? Were you ready to take that on? No. I, I was, if somebody had told me in 93 that it would become as big as it is now, I yeah. would have run the other way. Yeah. Because, you know, back then I was raising $400,000 a year. Now yeah. we're raising $6 million a year. You know, so it's, I would not have had the confidence to, yeah. uh, to do anything like that. But what's the key to that? I mean, how does, well, for women that are out there listening, for young girls that are yeah. out there, how do you do that? I've, I've always just been blessed to have a great board who, mm-hmm. when they knew I was struggling, would, um, like I would take leadership classes. They mm-hmm. would recommend I take a leadership uh, class. Yeah. Um, I, I and, and I had just some wisdom on that board. If It was kind of like, if you find somebody, Elaine, that thinks a complete opposite of you in a big decision and get their feedback and be open to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't ever like, oh, we need to do it this way. I had yeah. to do a lot of research because I didn't know if I was right or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always just went to people I respected, had some wisdom, got their feedback, and um, thankfully made the right decisions most of the time. Mm-hmm. When you were a little girl, though, was this your vision for growing up? What What did you go to school for? Right. I had a crazy childhood and um, I, my mother just always enforced in her children to get that college degree. My mother, yeah. that college degree was 
the gold pot of gold after <laughs> under. I mean, because she didn't even finish high school at that time. But she's a smart woman doing that. For very you. smart, very smart. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now it's different. You don't have to have that college degree. But yeah. anyway, so I went to school in Nashville, a little tiny church college, and got a degree in social work <laughs> because I wanted to give back if I could. Yeah. And so um, it was just, I just knew I needed that degree. I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. But when I got it, it was like, I just made my mom so happy and um, went back up to the DC area, got a job in a law firm in a marketing position. And um, then of course met my first husband, we moved down here and, you know, I just, I wow. just always think it's kind of a little bit of spiritual alignment in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he guides us. Yeah. He really does. He puts us where he wants us. We can make the most of us. Right. Now you're in Maryville yeah. with a great, great warehouse. Yeah. Who made that decision? Uh, a board president. He, uh, he, I mean, I, we knew we had to relocate, you know, we yeah. had the flood, we had that tiny little building. Yeah. We had outgrown it years before we actually relocated but well, we started our campaign when the bottom dropped out of the economy in 2008 mm -hmm. and rick johnson who was the president of the board said let's just go start looking at buildings that have already been built you know we oh, in yeah. our minds we thought well we'll just build another facility yeah. but he was smart enough to know let's look at some empty places and that warehouse w had been built beautifully and then, and the company had moved in, and then six months later they went under because of the economy, and so it sat empty for two years, and yeah. so we got it for half of what it was worth. Wow. So it was just again a lot of wisdom, and certainly yeah. not mine on that on that one because when we walked in that building, I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> you know, it's just way too nice to be a food bank, yeah, and it is, but it just happens to be our warehouse now. You oh know? wow! So do you ever feel? under pressure to, to meet a bigger goal each year? What's happening, and, and it's funny, I said to somebody recently, I thought this was supposed to be easier after you've done it for 24 years. Yeah. Yeah, but the pressure's always there because there's 41 employees there now. You know, <gasps> I'm responsible for them. Yes. And we can't ever not raise that $6 million because they have to, to earn a paycheck that can feed their families, you yeah, know? Sure. So it's a different kind of pressure because the campaign almost killed me. That was awful because mm -hmm. campaigns usually impact your operating budget and yes. it certainly did ours. Uh -huh. And I was driving to work, you know, for a year going, God, if I'm not supposed to be doing this, just let me know, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't know that I could finish it. But then we just got gifts from heaven, you know, here, there and everywhere. And, and the building's, paid off except for a hundred thousand dollars which will be paid off next year it's pretty miraculous yeah so now i just have to focus on expanding the feeding programs and making sure we have enough money to do that mm -hmm. think of one woman here in east tennessee if there was one woman you could have side by side right beside you working with you maybe someone you haven't worked with who would you choose well um patricia bible is pretty impressive yeah uh, the one who went, runs k tom yeah i mean she is impressive what she's done. <laughs> um, I love Mary Ellen. Yeah. Because she knows, she recognizes she's been given a lot, but yeah. what she's done with it, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you meet people who have been given a lot and they're scared oh. of messing it up so they don't move forward. Mm -hmm. And then you meet people like Mary Ellen. Yes. Who gives and gives. Gives and gives and gives. She and, looks for opportunities. Right. And mm -hmm. wants to grow in every 
uh, component. You know, there's a lot of women that I've worked with or met that I've really been impressed by. But when you think about what K-Time was and, and where it is now, and yes. she did it on her own as a widow, yeah. you know, when her husband died, uh-huh. um, it's pretty impressive. Do you find that women finally get to, to where they want to be when they're older, more mature, or when a husband passes away? It's interesting to mm. find a woman find her own ground mm-hmm. after something like that. Yeah, I, I'll just be honest with you. I think women can be smarter than men. Can be. Yes. Because <laughs> they... They don't have that. Um, some men are just, they, they have so many insecurities internally, but they're scared to admit that. So they have a type of arrogance and they don't need people's opinions. Mm-hmm. I think you need to be asking questions all the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you want to learn and you want to grow. And I've met many people that are frozen after their uh, spouse dies. Mm-hmm. And I've met many people who have realized that um, my, my mother, right before she passed away, said life is for the living. And so yeah. if you get a horrible death, a horrific death in your family, and I've had two, you have to keep going. You don't want to sometimes, but you mm-hmm. have to. And then you also have to keep learning, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, if there's a lady out there who hasn't yet gotten involved, how, does, how do you find your passion yeah. for something? How do you volunteer and get into that? Yeah, sometimes, you know, you you have to, like, I love animals. Uh I love my dog. I I go crazy. Um, Feeding the hungry happens to be something that I've been doing for a while, and I'm very proud to do it. But I think everybody can find their passion. My mom died from cancer. Well, you know, there you go. My brother died of a drug addiction. There you have another um, passion of of trying to keep people off drugs and Mm -hmm and in rehabs and finding themselves because they get, they are frozen, mm-hmm. you know, and they can't move forward because they have a demon. So yeah. just have to kind of keep moving. Now tell me one thing that maybe nobody knows about you. <laughs> you told me something a little earlier. Give me one thing nobody just knows about you. Well, I love to sing, but I'm not good <laughs> at it, but I love to sing. Do you I, do karaoke? I, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm petrified. <laughs> Of doing karaoke. When I was, um, we were very involved in church when I was growing up. And yeah. so I was in the choir and I loved it. Yeah. But I never, you know, I, I mean, I know I'm not going to be able to sing, but if I could come back as anybody like Aretha Franklin or yeah. somebody so cool. Yeah. I love that. Oh. And as hyper as I'm, as I am, my husband, it marvels that I can read. Like I'm so hyper. I can't sit still for a minute, but if I get sucked into a book, mm-hmm. the world can stop. Tornadoes can go past me and I'm sucked into that book. Ah, it's amazing. Elaine Stranos, who we're talking to, Second Harvest Food Bank, and she's the leader of that, and she has been for a very long time. Has anyone ever told you no? Oh, you, yeah. And what happens with that? Well, you, does, does, I mean, does the hair on the back of your neck stand up and you think, I am going to get that answer? Well, you know, I'm our marketing person, I love him, Aaron Snuckles, he's like, mm-hmm. that no, you just need to go back until it becomes a yes. <laughs> but, you know, when I first started raising money, is something I do, um, but it, sorry, would Go hurt ahead. when they would tell me no, because in the back of your mind, you're like, really? You yeah. don't want to help feed the hungry? That's yeah. right. Sure. But um, some people don't. Their their passions are elsewhere. And their, um, their, what, the, the money they've been given is going to other places, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, it I, it's difficult. Not to take it personally, so you know. So when you are wanting 
to raise that money? Because I find this when I'm, I'm working with organizations I have a passion for. When someone tells me no and I do the same thing, I think, don't you care at all? Right. How do you find or how do you get those people impassioned? Do you just have to keep taking them to lunch? I mean, what do you do to filter that? Well, I mean, the thing that I can do the most, if I can get them to the warehouse, mm-hmm. I've, I know I'm 75% there if uh-huh. I can get them there. Yeah. Because not many people really understands our operation. Mm-hmm. We have seven different feeding programs serving 18 counties. But yeah. people don't know the partnerships. You know, we our, our, two of our programs, CARM shops, Salvation Army shops. Mm-hmm. Um, so we partner with 500, um, not just agencies, but schools, because our Food for Kids program is a big is a is oh, a big program yeah but um it's getting them to the warehouse so i just keep going back uh-huh. i just keep going back and if they don't return my phone call i put them on a okay i'll call you next year list you okay. know okay yeah i mean i just i try not to take it personally mm-hmm. um but i've been so blessed to have board members who open the doors to the big to the big dogs in our okay. community you know yeah. i i'm not going to be able to get in front of a big a, a big cheese <laughs> usually you right. know it's just um if i get if i know somebody who knows them i, I call them and and they get me in yeah so. every day has to be so fulfilling give me give me the rundown on your day what time do you get up where do you go what do you do okay so i love to work out that is a okay. given yeah so my husband oh i've been so blessed to we just work we i go to bed early i am so boring what time nine okay and I'm, she's in bed. Yeah. And I'm and, and if I'm up past 10, I want to text my children. Hey, <laughs> look at your mom. Um, the um, we get up, we go to Fort Sanders and um, get all that done mm-hmm. because I can't go at night. I'm too tired. Right. And then I get to the office and we were just talking at the office recently um, because we have a position open. And when you when you run a nonprofit, you have to juggle. You, you yeah. have to juggle well. If you have a personality that hates interruptions, you're not going to do that well. Ah. Because if you go in and you got like right now, I'm, when I get to the office, I've got to schedule my board meeting. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I won't leave until I get that done. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you'll have somebody walking through the warehouse. They want a tour. They just drop in. Um, you know, somebody has a crisis. You need to call this person, blah, blah, blah. The copier goes down, your internet goes off, our phones went down Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You know, it just all those little things that you just have to worry about. But I tried to, um, my mother haunts me. I I try to write a couple of thank you notes a day, you know, for big gifts that we get. Um, I try to update our records. Um, I have no financial gifts at all in the sense of an accounting. So we always have to hire someone really strong in finance. So okay. um, you you always counter your weaknesses with people around you because we all have strengths. Right. But we all have weaknesses too. Yeah. You know? So then you're finally ending the day at about what time? You um, well, you know, it just depends. But um, five to six-ish. Mm-hmm. In the old days, I, yeah. I, di- I did work harder. I'd hit every cocktail party, you know, just to make sure people would see me to keep second harvest. But since I remarried, and it's been 10 years in yeah. May, which is unbelievable, mm-hmm. I try to get home to Glenn as, as quickly, and our dog, because my <laughs> girls are married and they don't live in Knoxville anymore. So it's just, you know, he and I messing with dinner, maybe a glass of wine, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine o'clock and it's time for my bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the everyday giving of food, from the backpack programs on through, have you ever had anybody that just came over and said, Elaine, 
I made it through because I got yes. food from you. Yes, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. We get letters. Oh. You know, when Billy Kidd camps out, it's camping for cans. Absolutely. He gets a couple of those people yeah. every year mm-hmm. that needed second harvest, used a pantry. And that's probably the biggest gift I can get. Um, because you're going to have those people that abuse the system. Mm-hmm. And there's always some guy, when I go speak to the Rotary Civitans, Qantas, some guy in the back saying, man, if they were just working for a living, they wouldn't need you. And and he's right. Yeah. Except there are some people that can't work. Right. And there are some people having children that mm-hmm. can't supply food for them. Yeah. And so um, that's why we're there and we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without this community support. I mean, financially, you know, we have to raise $6 million a year and that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah. And so um, we feed the hungry because this community supports us. Absolutely. All right. Impress me. What's the uh, most famous person in your phone? Most famous phone number? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Philip Palmer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know him? I do because my husband played football. Okay. So, so he you had, could just pick it up and say, hey, Phil, it's Elaine. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't answer the first time, but he, he, he would text me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't, you know, I wish Kenny Chesney was in my phone or... Um, <laughs> Dolly Parton. Yeah, but, seriously. Yeah but, yeah. but Coach Former, he's right up there. Advice for younger women coming up? Well, I'll tell you, the thing that really almost critically changed my life, um, I think I was 41 or 42, and my board said, why don't you take a personality test? Um, huh. Because they, they nail you. These personality tests nail you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know my strengths. I I knew my weaknesses. You know, I was always beating myself up, but I wasn't aware of what I did well. Now, I'm not saying I didn't have confidence, but, you know, sometimes, um, like, I wasn't a good student, so I didn't didn't have that, but I did love to read and I loved to learn. But I, when I learned what I could do well and what I needed to work on, it's not like a weakness. It's just stuff you know you need to work on. Right. Um, Wanting to improve yourself is really important. And if you want to improve yourself, you're going to improve yourself. A lot yeah. of people beat themselves up way too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so if, if you can find what you do well, what you need to work on, it's out, I'm out of my comfort zone a lot. Yeah. But it's, um, it's I, I think that that was really a, a huge turnaround for me. Let's talk about social media for just a second. Yeah. Because if you can get out, you see these kids starting YouTube things yeah. or um, you know, Twitter accounts and things, and they are raising some money out there. Mm-hmm. Look at the challenges that were on YouTube. Shoot. You know, the, the ice bucket challenge. Oh, that raised my. Millions. I know. Uh, how is that affecting what you do, and how can we use that? Yeah, I mean, that ice bucket. Man, oh. could I, I wish I could have thought of that one. Because <laughs> um, my girls did it. You know, they were, yeah. I mean, they were all over it. Um, the biggest challenge, because there are so many more nonprofits than there used to be. Yes. Um, and social media is great, but it's always changing. And so I have to stay on top of that. Yeah. But we have never done a fundraiser that's been hugely successful. Just Feeding America got Walmart on board the network. And a few years ago, if you went to the, their Facebook page, you you got, I think the first 40 food banks got 35,000 and we were one of the top 40 because we were promoting it. The media was helping us. Yes. But I've never done anything brilliant in that regard yet. Mm-hmm. 
as a fundraiser, I'd love to come up with something though. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, I love it. I, I'm not, uh, my girls have to teach me what to do half the time. And I just heard Twitter's dying, which I'm kind of excited about. <laughs> Is that true? I don't know. I know. I didn't know that because yeah. I don't have a Twitter account yet. Yeah. Oh, I do don't. have an Instagram. Ah, I have an Instagram. The Instagram is what my son and everybody seem to be on. Okay. You know, everybody did Snapchat yeah. for a while and then moved to Instagram. So maybe that's where we're going. But social media, I think, is, is starting to play a role where, you know, you have to be aware of it yep. and you have to use it if you can. Do you just marvel at people that don't? Yes. I, I, I have met people. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a name. I'm like, what? You don't? Yeah. Be, like with Facebook, it's it's a great thing because I know what half my friends are doing and I'm not talking to them every day. My oh, children, for sure. I'm like, they're at a concert. They're this, they're that. Yeah. Um, I love it. I do. Um, I can see that it gets you into trouble too. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I behaved myself when I was young. I, I didn't get oh, stupid. I'm so glad we didn't have it when we were coming up. And my husband says that all the time. <laughs> you mentioned about when you started earlier with the second harvest and you go into every cocktail party and meeting all mm-hmm. these people. How important is that for the networking? Oh, it's huge. It's so huge. Uh, did you not wear yourself out? Just going everywhere all well, the time to meet people? You know, I just knew I'd run in and run out. By that, I mean, my children were young at that, you know, I had okay. to get home. Yeah. But I knew that there were some functions I had to go to um, just to meet a couple of heavy hitters that I hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's exhausting. The one thing that um, I've gotten... And my, and my mother had it was just energy. Like I am a morning person. Uh, I wake up, boom, I, I'm going, 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 going yeah. until my bedtime's at <laughs> nine. So um, I guess that's a good thing. If you're not extroverted as a director of a nonprofit, you need to have a number two or three person that is extroverted. Put you out there. Yeah, because you've got to stay out there. Right. You know, it, that's not in a daggum job description or, you know, I, when I was interviewed, you're not going to be asked that question. But if you're an introvert mm-hmm. and you're running the organization, you need someone that feeds off people as your number two position. Because, mm. you know, some people just can't handle all of what's thrown at you quickly. Right. You know, they have to process it. And um, thankfully, I was one of those. I'm not saying I made the right decisions all the time, but I could, hand, you know, I could juggle. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you work really well hand in hand with the folks that you put around you that add the strengths. Uh, have you ever called somebody at another nonprofit and said, how do you guys do this? Absolutely. That As works, a, doesn't it? Oh, it's awesome. Okay. As a matter of fact, the Alliance for Better Nonprofit, which, you know, is now in the Regas building, mm-hmm. Jerry Eskew runs it, and he's been having these afternoon nonprofit director kind of sessions yeah and it's got janet testerman young williams i mean a lot of us yeah and uh david butler from the art museum was having a challenge and he just threw it out there and we're all trying to give him feedback and it was so successful that that's what we're going to do next monday afternoon too and you know just come up with a challenge that we have um i know we need more feeding programs to to finish what you know we we want to do with this 18 county service area But I've got to raise that money, and so I need to, um, you know, get some wisdom from people, yeah. you know. Elaine Strano, you are Second Harvest Food Bank to us. You are the face of it. Thanks. Giving you the last word now, what would you do if you didn't do this? That's a good question, um, because I do love it so much. Honestly, I'd probably volunteer at Young Williams or something. I do love animals. Um, my board, I'm very young, but um, I'm 61. <laughs> But my board's already been like, Elaine, you know, we get, we need a succession yeah. plan. I'm like, dadgum, guys, I'm not leaving for another nine or 10 years easy because mm-hmm. my husband's younger than me. 
but um, I, I get what they're saying, and, sure. and that's wise for them. But um, I, I, when I think about retiring, I, I'm definitely going to do something with pups, and I hope I'm not that crazy woman on the side of a mountain with 80 dogs. <laughs> but I, no, I'm kidding. But you know, I just animals. Yeah. I mean, they just they how they're just born to bring you pleasure, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and I love that. I I, I, di- I started golfing, which is laughable. Yeah, laughable. School, what's your golf score? Oh my! Oh, I, I don't even keep score, but I'm trying. I'm I took lessons. I'm trying because everybody says you're really going to have a lot of fun, and I'm going okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm going to try to be a golfer. I've never been athletic before, so this is going to be interesting. Well, thank you for what you do. We love. Thank you. you. I love you guys too. Thank you. You've been listening to Her Story, an empowered podcast featuring East Tennessee's most influential women. Her Story. You can listen, subscribe, and download this podcast from B975.com and on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.